the tradition of the elders. By the grace of God, God is helping us to break forth into freedom and true liberty that he paid, at the, paid the price for at the cross of Calvary. And as pastor has been sharing with us the gospel of grace, the grace in our Lord Jesus Christ and the grace that the Lord Jesus Christ has given unto us, I just want to speak briefly about the tradition of the elders. The passage we read talks about the children of Israel when God made this comment and said, truly these people, they worship me. They come to me with their leaves, they worship me, but their heart is far away from me. And the reason for that is because they have torn the precept of men to God's commandment. In the same token, we will go to the book of Matthew at some point to read from chapter number 15, when Jesus was also faced with this scenario. So the children of Israel during this time, they have managed in good faith, I should say, surreptitiously bringing the precepts of men and were teaching those as the commandments of God. And the product was very, very terrible. The product was what was written in the book of Isaiah 29. Men that comes to God uh, and they worship God in their, with their mouth and their leaves, but their heart is far away from God because their fear of God was based on the precepts of men, not on the love of God. They came to God based on the precepts of men. Amen? I'll give you a little story. I don't know. Some of us, if you have read some biblical story, you recall that during the, um, the, the division of the kingdom in Israel, after Israel sinned against God and he uh, sold them to the hands of the enemy, there was a division in Israel, and you had the northern Israel and the southern Israel. Um, so the northern were uh, sold into captivity, and the southern Israel were also sold into captivity in Babylon and in um, among the Amorites. After that captivity, when they returned, that was when this apostasy actually began. Because the elders in Israel, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the teachers of the law, they reckoned the fact that the reason why they were sold into captivity was because they sinned against God. So when they came back from captivity in an attempt to ensure that it doesn't happen again, they were beginning to make stricter rules and laws, believing that those we ensure that the children of Israel never sin against God again, and as a result, never go into captivity again. So they began to expand and to create some man-made precepts and man-made laws with the hope that it will save Israel from ever going to captivity again. That was where it started. That was where it began. And men begin to fear God based on those precepts. 
every faulty foundation will not hold when there is a strong wind. Because their fear of God was based on those intimidation, you know, those precepts. They never really understood the love of God. Even though they come to worship God, even though they sing the songs, even though they show with their leaves that they're worshiping God, but their worship, the Bible says, is in vain. Because God said, their fear of me was only based on the precepts of men. It wasn't based on love, which is the principle of the kingdom of God. They were coming to me not because they realized I loved them, not because they knew how much I care about them, not because they knew how much I love them. They were only coming because of the consequences of the laws and the precepts that were set before them. And God was not pleased. Are you with me so far? So that was where this began. And you will reckon there are several of those precepts that were recorded in the Bible. And lo and behold, those precepts still hold today. Many of these same precepts is still operational within the church today. Many of these precepts is still holding the church of Christ backward today. The doctrine of the elders or the tradition of the elders. Go with me quickly to the book of Matthew 15 so that I can quickly maximize this short time to just show us what this means and what God is looking for us to do. Matthew chapter 15. And let's quickly look at the story where this scenario was actually brought to Jesus. Matthew 15, start reading from verse number 1. Then came to Jesus Christ and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of, el of the elders? Again, the tradition of the elders. Why? For they wash not their hands... When they eat bread. But he answered and said unto them, Why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? It is amazing God or Jesus did not denounce or deny that the disciples were actually breaking the tradition of the elders. I want you to take note of that. He did not deny it. He said, but he answered and said unto them, Why do ye also? Why do ye also? Transgress the commandment of God by your tradition. For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and thy mother, and he that causeth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift. By whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, and honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. I want you to underline that. You have made the commandment of God of none effect 
by your tradition. Amen? Ye hypocrites, where did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, These people draw it nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their leaves, but their heart is far from me. Verse 9. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandment of men. Amen. Amen. Jesus was quoting Isaiah 29 that we read. He said, where did Isaiah prophesy against you? That this man, they draw near unto me with their leaves, but their heart is far away from me. Amen? So here is the controversy. They came to Jesus and accused the disciples of breaking the tradition. They are breaking the tradition of the elders. And Jesus said, yes. Yes. How about you? You are breaking the commandment of God because of your tradition. How dare you accuse the disciples of breaking your tradition? And what is the tradition? That you have to wash your hands before you eat bread. How is that a problem? How is that a problem? If I don't wash my hands before I eat bread, how does that make me a sinner? How does that make me a sinner? It does not. But the elders made it so. Made it appear as a way of showing your piety. By observing this tradition, it is the way of showing that you are truly a man or a woman of God, that you fear God when you observe these precepts that they have laid down. Amen? But Jesus renounced that or denounced that in that scripture, by saying, These people draw nigh unto me with their mouth and honored me with their leaves, but their heart is far away from me. Because every time, just like they did in the Old Testament, that many are doing today in Christianity today, any man or woman that will come to Christ, not as a result of recognizing the love, that God has for him or her. If you bring anyone to Jesus through any Machiavellian principles or any other way other than sharing the love of God and them recognizing and realizing how much God has loved them, it is not going to last. It's going to be a wishy worship. That's what he's trying to teach here. And it is unfortunate. Because today in Christianity, many of these precepts still hold the church back. The reason the church has not been able to reach the world is not because of the commandments of God. No, it is because of the tradition of the elders. The commandment of God, the commandments of God is they are lawful. The Bible said the law is lawful. There's nothing wrong with the commandments of God. There's nothing wrong with the laws of God. The problem Wherewith we have not been able to apprehend for that for which we have been apprehended. The problem why we have not been able to reach the world. The problem why we have not been able to reach our friends. Why we have not been able to reach our colleagues at work. Why we have not been able to reach members of our family. is not because of the commandment of God. It is because of the tradition of the elders. 
That has been the stumbling block. And God is going to help us today to open our eyes to break the tradition of the elders and to begin and to continue to break the tradition of the elders. Amen? Amen? Because we can only do what God wants us to do or be who God wants us to be when we turn our back on the tradition of the elders and embrace God and his loving kindness. Amen? So some of the traditions of the elders, we have mentioned one is washing of the hands. How does that make someone a sinner? You reckon if you read that Matthew chapter 15 downward, the disciples, even they were not yet delivered at this point. Because they went to Jesus, tell us about this, tell us more about this. And he began to elaborate and tell them, whatsoever goes into a man's mouth does not defy him. Why do you think by not washing your hand? That defies you. So he explained the parable to them, even the disciples. Amen? So we are not alone in not understanding this, and I believe God is going to give us understanding. Amen? So what is the problem with obeying the tradition or the precept of men, or teaching the precepts of men as the commandment of God? Replacing the commandments of God with the precepts of men. There are issues with that, and the issue God has with that is what is enumerated in those two scriptures we have read. When one is those that will be brought unto God, or those that will come unto God under those premises, under the premise of the law, the commandments, or the precepts of men, one thing is sure. The Bible says, they will come to God and worship him with their mouth, um, reference him with their lips, but their heart will be far away from God. That's one thing. Number one thing that will result, the result of continuing in the tradition of men or in the tradition of elders is going to be vain worship. Vain worship. Vain worship. Worship that does not touch or that does not, does not come from the heart. Second, um, is that it will make the commandment of God of no effect. When all we do is follow the precepts of the elders, it will make the commandments of God of no effect. It will render it powerless. It will render it ineffective. In other words, if I am mingling with the tradition of the elders, if all I'm doing, the way I'm serving God, the way I'm, whatsoever I'm doing is based on the precepts of the elders, I will not be able to apprehend what God has given unto me. What he has already pronounced, his commandments, his blessings, I will not be able to apprehend. It will make it of no effect. Why? Because I'm trying to please God based on the tradition of elders. All my faith, all my life is built, uh, built upon pleasing God or uh, being acceptable unto God based on the tradition of the elders. Amen? So I want us to keep that in mind. And I want to quickly also mention some of the other things that have been mentioned in the scriptures where this was also, I don't have time, that's why I'm, I'm trying to rush through it so we have enough time um, to fellowship. Uh, we talked about the washing of the end. The second thing, again, where we will see the tradition and the precepts of men um, where the Bible shed light to it was also when they came to Jesus about the Sabbath. The Sabbath. Amen? So let's read that one quickly. Um, Matthew 12, Matthew 12 uh, verse 2. Matthew 12, verse 2. 
just want to uh, give one or, one or two more example, examples of uh, the traditions of the elders. And I know you know, all, you know many of those. If this were to be Bible teaching, I will, uh, will have time to ask, and I'm sure many of us will be able to mention some of those traditions that are absolutely not God's commandment, okay? But they were hidden under God's commandment. They were presented to us as God's commandment, okay? And they are all traditions of elders. And God is saying, no, as long as we follow this, it's going to be a, a barrier. It's not going to allow God to do what he wants to do. Um, Matthew 12, I'm going to read verse 10. And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered, and they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days that they might accuse him? Verse 11, And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep, and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and leave it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath day. Amen? Again, here is another thing that the, one of the other fall out of the captivity. Like I said, after the captivity, when they came back from captivity, they began to, to make some very stricter rules, some strict rules, just that the children of Israel will not offend God again. And then God will sow them into captivity. And they thought that by doing that, then they are protecting the children of Israel. And so they will not be able to sin against God if they can just make the laws and the rules more strict. In the Ten Commandments, God never said don't do good deeds on the Sabbath day. It was not there. It came as a precept, as a doctrine of men. And it was being pushed onto the children of Israel as it has been pushed to the church today as the commandment of God. And here was the question. They brought a man that was sick to Jesus and they asked him, is it lawful? To heal on the Sabbath. And Jesus was looking at them and asked them a question. Which among you that you have one sheep and the sheep fall into a pit on the Sabbath? Will you not go and rescue that sheep? Or will you say, oh, God will not. God will be angry with me if I do this. If I do this on Sabbath day, God will be angry. See, these are the things that came after the captivity. The plan or the, um, the strategy of man unto salvation. Devising means to ensure we do not sin against God based on all our rules and our regulations. That's why every time you make New Year's resolution, it's always going to fail. Because we are human, okay? We are human. And it takes only the Spirit of God to help us accomplish anything that will be of eternal value, anything that will be of benefit. It takes the Spirit of God to help us 
accomplish it. It's good to plan. Okay? I'm a master planner. I'm a, you know, <laughs> I'm a project manager. Professional. So I know how to plan. I know how to dot the T and cross, um, cross the T and dot the I. Okay? But after all of that, the horse is prepared for the day of battle. But victory belongs unto God. Amen? Amen? So here again we see they were accusing Jesus or trying to tell Jesus that the tradition of the elders says, or the commandment of the elders says, you can't do any work on Sabbath day. And healing the sick is work. Why will you heal someone who is sick on the Sabbath day? What kind of a God will say you should not heal on the Sabbath day? Who wants to serve that God? Amen? Amen? So there are several of those rules that were uh, initiated in about 700 or 720 something B.C., after the, uh, the captivity, when they returned from captivity. The last one I will mention because of time, maybe sometimes we'll have time to really dig deep and see how those, all, all these apply to today's church. Because I guarantee you it's happening in the churches today. There are several rules, several, I mean, the, the, the elders, the legalistic elders have done more damages to the church of Christ than good. Because of our legalistic mindset. Because we've bought into lies. We've bought into all this tradition of elders. You can't do this. Oh, no, you can't do this. How dare you? How, how dare you desecrate the, the house of God? How dare you do this? How dare you do that? How? The tradition of the elders. That's all it is. It has nothing to do with God. And it is producing negative results. Let me give you this. I think this one will really, really... Really, really bring it home. Let's read this. This is awesome. Mark 2. Mark chapter 2. Um, this will be the last one. I have so many contemporaries uh, or contemporary examples that at some point in time maybe we have time to dig deeper and we see how these traditions of elders is really, really doing damages to the church of Christ and to the work that God has called us unto. Amen? Mark chapter 2. Let me see if we can read from verse, verse 15. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meal or at meat in his house, Many publicans, we can just really put R-E in front of that, you know, and it will really make it very applicable. So many publicans and sinners sat also together. Did I, did I offend somebody? I'm just saying. Okay? I'm just saying. I'm reading the Bible. And praise the Lord. Chapter 15. Of verse 15. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus 
and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. Please take note. These are Republican. Oh no. This. <laughs> Amen. These are publicans and sinners. Publicans and sinners. Democrats and Republicans, independents, they were sitting together with Jesus. Sitting together having lunch or dinner. With Jesus. But the tradition of the elders is against that. Look at it. In verse 16. And when the scribes and the Pharisees, they saw him eat with Republicans and Democrats and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is he that he eateth? and drink it with publicans and sinners. The tradition of the elders. Do you know today we're still following that tradition? Do you know that there are so many Republicans that don't want to deal with Democrats? There are so many Christians that don't want to do with they don't want to have anything to do with non-Christians. We are so segregative. And the distance between us and the Republicans and the Democrats is so wide. The distance between us and those that God has called. Those for whom Jesus died. The distance between us and them is like here and heaven. Say, why? Why will he be eating with sinners? The same way it has been in the churches up to now. Back in the days, about maybe 20 or something years ago, we in our local church decided to take the ministry to, um, there was a motel, a brothel, behind the church where we worship. And we came together, some friends, and said, we are Christians looking to preach the gospel of Christ. And here behind us is an hotel where we know there are prostitutes. But because of the tradition of elders, we don't deal with publicans. We don't eat with them because they are sinners. Then we said we're going to break that tradition. So this was about 20 years ago that I had been breaking this tradition. We decided to go in to this hotel. We decided to make friends with these ladies. Not preaching to them, making friends with them. And it will amaze you that these people are real human beings. Looking for love, looking for friendship. But they are already cast out. 
they were considered as outcasts. At the end of the day, as we begin to visit and begin to make friends with these people, begin to just come in, just talking. Sometimes we go in and customer has just, you know, leaving. Sometimes you knock, you know. Customers are there. But amazingly, just for that simple act of friendship, some of these ladies begin to come to church. They want to hear the word of God. They want to listen to the word of God. Many of them knew what they were doing was bad. They just, they told us, that's we're making friends with them. Some of them were Christians before, or supposedly Christians before. And they began to come to church. Just by going to be friends with them. Instead of condemning them, in, in, instead of saying, the tradition of the elders say, touch not, don't go near there. You, don't, you dare not go there. Amen? The same thing was happening here. Jesus asked them, and he said to them, when Jesus had it, he said unto them, I'm in verse 17, they that are whole have no need of a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Do, can, can you fathom in your mind the class war in the churches today? In, in this very local church. Do you know there are some Republicans that don't deal with Democrats in Wolfman? <laughs> there are some folks that just don't talk. We just don't jive. That's how they put it. We just don't, you know, we just don't relate. Class war in the church. The tradition of the elders. Okay? And God is calling us to break it. He's saying we can dine with sinners. We can go to lunch with them. We can have dinner, lunch with them. And let them see the love of Christ that is in us. Because that's the only way they're going to see it. They're not going to see it by preaching. They're not going to see it by all banging the Bible on their heads. No. That's the reason why I said the best way to actually show the love of God is through friendship. And the best way to actually evangelize our world is through friendship. The world of the church has been doing it the other way around. We've been doing it the other way around because we've been alienating those that God or Jesus actually died for. We've been alienating them. We don't want to make friends with them. Either because of fear or because of the tradition of the elders that just says, oh, no, 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 no. We don't deal with such. Amen? Let me take you to the book of John. I'm going to round up quickly. John, the book of John chapter 4. Let me show us just briefly how dangerous and how terrible this tradition is. The tradition that says, oh, you can't be friend with sinners. No, 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 no. You can't go there. Let me show you in John chapter 4 quickly. I'm going to rush through because of time. John chapter 4. Where do we start reading? Verse number 5. John chapter 4, beginning from verse number 5. Then cometh he to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, 
near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weary with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou being a Jew, ask of me, or asketh of me, ask a drink of me, which I am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God, and who is it that said to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked him of asked of him, and he will have given he will give you. He will have given you the living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? As thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof of himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him well of water springing up unto everlasting life. The woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come thither to draw, or hither to draw. Jesus said unto her, Go call thy husband, and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast said well, well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that seest thou truly. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our, father, our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And ye say that in Jerusalem is a place where men ought to worship. Tradition. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father, ye worship ye know not what. We, we know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said unto him, I know the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he, come, when he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee, I am he. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Because she's a Samaritan woman. Yet no man said, what seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her at water port and went her way into the city and said to the men, come, see a man. Which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then 
they went out of the city and came unto him. Evangelism through friendship. The tradition of the elder says Jews don't deal with Samaritans. Jews don't talk to Samaritans. And this is also the aftermath of the division that came when the children of Israel were divided, when the kingdom was divided into the north and the south. The north were the Samaritans, the south were the Jews, were the Israelites. So because of the inter, um, interracial marriage that happened between the Amorites and the children of, of Israel that were in the, in the northern part, the children of Israel in the southern part don't see eye to eye. They don't believe that those in the northern part are truly worshiping God. They don't believe in their ways of worship. They don't believe in their styles of worship. They don't trust them. So there has been that problem between the Samaritan and the Jews ever since. And now it came, and Jesus came to break the tradition of the elders. So he decided to break the racial barrier. The segregative barrier between Samaritan and the Jew, he proceeded to talk to a woman of Samaritan. Jews don't do that. They don't deal with Samaritan. But Jesus began to show camaraderie to this woman. Began to talk smoothly to her. Make friends make friend with her. Talk to her gently. Give me water to drink. Breaking the ice. Starting the conversation. Give me water to drink. And the woman said, wait a minute. You are a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. We don't talk. We don't deal. How come you ask me water to drink? And the conversation continues. Jesus, by breaking the barrier, the racial barrier that has been between the Samaritan and the Jew, brought in the entire city to himself through the woman of Samaritan. As Jesus made friends with this woman, talked friendly with this woman, this woman became more and more interested became more and more interested in what Jesus had to say. Begin to have some spiritual dialogue. From water, began to talk about how they worship, began to talk about where to worship, began to talk about... Um, and Jesus began to enlighten her. If Jesus had stayed with the tradition, not break through the tradition to talk to her, do you think she would ever got saved? Do you think she would ever bring the entire city to Jesus? Read that scripture when you get home. The Bible said many within the city, when they had the testimony of this woman, they came to Jesus. Do you know how many could have come to Jesus if only we can break the barrier of the elders? Do you know how many we could have brought to Jesus if we can break the tradition that says you, can't, you Jews don't deal with Samaritans? If we can break the class war, if we can break the racial segregation, Oh, well, black don't talk to white. White don't talk to black. Do you know how many that we could have brought to Jesus? If only we can break this barrier by beginning to make friends with those that tradition says we cannot be friends with. By beginning to cut across the barrier of friendship. Amen? Amen. Jesus broke it. The story is so amazing. The afterwards... The men of the city that came, these are people that have been written off. They came and they listened to Jesus. And they told that woman, we believed before because you said something. Now 
We believe because we have seen with our own eyes. Read it. Great multitude came to Jesus by the testimony of this Samaritan woman. The tradition of the elders that have been holding us bound in the church is something that God is calling us unto to break. We have the liberty of God to break this tradition because it is not the commandment of God. God never said to us not to make friends. He made friends with publicans and sinners. He went to their house and their houses to have lunch and dinner. And through that, he was able to bring many unto himself. My prayer today is that you will begin, as we move on in this grace era, begin to see the potentials in the people around you. Those people that you normally look down upon, that you think, well, these ones, no, no. You begin to see that these are God's creatures. These are the people for whom Jesus died. These are the people for whom Jesus has called you into the ministry so that through you, he can reach them. But when you fail to make friends with them, what is going to happen? Do you know the reason the Hollywood is the way it is today is because Christians say, oh, 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 oh. Hollywood? No, 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 we don't go there. We, Christians, don't deal with Hollywood. We don't. We just don't, you know, we just don't. And we left that mountain. And it is now taking over completely. It is time Christians began to realize that we surely can deal with Hollywood. Young ladies, you can be mothers. Okay? You can sing in Hollywood to praise the Lord, to worship him. Even the fear of the father, oh, you know what? If I'm singing Christian music, nobody will buy it. Tradition. Tradition of the elders. Young people, you can do it. And adult, we can do it. We can relate with people in our offices, in our, in our homes, in our community. We can relate with people. We can make friends. We should make friends with these people because they are God creatures. They are people for whom Jesus paid the price. As long as we're going to stay in our cocoon and say, oh, we are Jews, they are Gentiles, or we are Jews, they are Samaritans, we don't deal. Jesus is saying, no, it is time to break the tradition of the elders. It is time to break the tradition of the elders. So all these rules that are not the commandments of God, we have liberty under God to break them. And break them for Jesus. Break the barriers, the segregation barrier, the barrier of color, the barrier of race, the barrier of class. You are educated, I'm not educated, or you are a doctor, I'm not a doctor, you are this, I'm not that. We need to break those barriers. And the way to do it is to be open to make friends with everyone God has created. Everyone that God is bringing to your sphere of, of, of influence. Be open to make friends with them. Amen? The last scripture I'm reading is in, in that John 
um, chapter 4. Oh, no, let me do that. Let, let me read Matthew 11. Matthew 11 in closing. Matthew 11 in closing. Breaking the tradition of the elders. Matthew 11. And I'm going to read just verse 19. The Son of Man came, eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a mangled nurse, and a wine-biber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of her children. Let's rise on our feet. The Son of Man came, making friends, eating and drinking. And they say, why is he making friends with sinners? I don't know what you've had these few minutes, but I want you to think about that woman, that Samaritan woman. If Jesus did not cross the barrier of the tradition of elders and break the ice and talk to her, the multitude that came to Jesus in Samaria, in that city, would never have happened. I want you to think about that, and I want you to bow your head and talk to God. Where is that Samaritan woman that you say, oh, no, I don't deal with her. I can't deal with her. I can't talk to her. No, I couldn't talk to her. She's just all that. He's just all that. Why don't you talk to God to give you that heart? The same spirit that was upon Jesus Christ that night or that evening or that hour, when he spoke with that Samaritan woman, and he said, give me water to drink. And a conversation ensued. And through that one conversation, the Bible said multitudes were brought unto him. Multitudes. This is a time when we're trusting and believing in God in our evangelistic outreach, in our evangelistic effort. It is going to happen by a change of attitude. It is going to happen by breaking of tradition. It is going to happen when the church we say we are no longer going to be restricted by tradition. Bow your head and talk to God. Lord, take me out of their distress and bring me onto a broad place where there is no constraint, where there is no limitation, where there is no restriction. Just say that word of prayer. Lord, take me out of their distress. Bring me onto a broad place where there is no restriction, where there is no limitation, where there is no Barrier. Can you talk to God?